Jesus came to turn graves into gardens. How many of you out there like to garden? You like to grow some vegetables or some flowers? A few of you? Okay. I'm not a great gardener myself, but I like to dabble a little bit. I like to have a few flowers around where I live just to bring some color. And my husband and I, we walk our dog along the two-mile path around the church here. We go along the path that's just northwest of here. And to my great joy and delight in the last week or so, if you look along the path, there are some green shoots that are coming along. And it's the first year that my family and I live here in DeWitt, so I have no idea what they are. I don't know if they're going to be daffodils or tulips, but I'm so excited to see what's going to happen. I can't wait for them to bloom because they bring me joy and they remind me of new beginnings. And that's what happens in the winter. That's what happens if you have a large garden. You just kind of hang out there in that brown ground and you wait until the spring comes and the temperatures warm up and all of a sudden these uh, plants just begin to come right up. They sprout and new life emerges. And color erupts and fills the ground with beauty and freshness and renewal. That's what I love about spring. And that's the joy and the hope that spring represents. But there are times in life when it feels like winter is never going to end. And those seasons in life come in different ways and they feel different. Maybe it's when you're, you're fighting cancer or a long-term illness. Or maybe it's trying to live through all the challenges that this pandemic has brought. Or working through conflicts in a marriage. Or going through the rebellion of a child. Or trying to repair a relationship. Or feeling the pain of losing a loved one. And that's where the people in our story, in our scripture for this morning, that's where they started out. They had tragically lost somebody that they loved and somebody that they trusted and it felt very unjust and it felt very unfair and all seemed lost and all seemed dark. And I believe that we cannot truly appreciate Easter until we first understood the significance of the cross because the power of this day, it holds more significance when we have journeyed through the darkest of days. And I don't know about you, but I feel a little weary from the past year. And that's okay. And what I want to talk about this morning is about the new life that God wants to bring in the places that we feel weary or the places that have been hard or the places where we need to be unstuck. Where do you and I desperately need a sign of new life today? It is only when we have witnessed the apparent victory of death that we can appreciate the triumph that is Easter. And this morning we celebrate the defeat of Friday's tomb into the new life of a garden. And Jesus calls us to step out of the grave and into the garden to experience new life in the most unexpected of places. So would you pray with me as we begin? Lord Jesus, as we turn to your word this morning, I pray that we would hear the miracle of the resurrection and the power of the story in a way that touches our hearts. And I pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would speak to our mind and to our lives today. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So we're going to look today at John's account of the resurrection story. It's found in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But John was the last one written. And so he knew the details that had been out there before. 
And he includes little details in his story to help it begin to say what the story, not only what happened, but what it also means. And so there's some little clues that we find here that John's trying to help us understand what the story means. And the first person that we encounter in the story is Mary. And it says that she comes while it's still dark. And that not only talks about it being very dark in the early morning, but it also gives us a little clue that she was kind of in the dark. She didn't understand all that had happened or the miracle of the resurrection yet. So we're going to start here in John chapter 20, verse 1. You'll see it on the screen. It says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. And so Mary goes back, and it says a few verses later that she just begins to weep at the tomb. She doesn't understand. She doesn't know what's happened. And to make matters worse, they've removed the stone, and it appears to her that they've taken Jesus' body just to further humiliate him, to make it even worse. All seem lost. All seem dark. Life really couldn't get any worse. There was no hope, no life, just a dead end of what appeared to be a failed mission. Yet God was doing something. The miracle of the ages and the resurrection reminds us that life can change in an instant. And sometimes it gets worse in an instant, but in this moment, it means that Jesus, he can make life better in an instant. And the resurrection reminds us that with God, all things are possible. A grave can turn into a garden. And it's in John's Gospel, the only one that tells us that Jesus' tomb was in a garden. And it's meant to remind the, the readers of another garden. Where do we first hear about a garden? Way back at the beginning of Scripture, right? The Garden of Eden. That's where creation first started, and God made everything beautiful and green and wonderful, and he placed humanity into that garden. And everything was good. And there the devil tempted Adam and Eve to disobey God and to pursue their own self-deification, bringing evil into the world. And humanity has been enslaved by self-interest and disobedience as well as guilt and shame ever since. We see it in the news every single day. And sin and death entered the world with that one decision. And we traded beauty and peace and life for pain and chaos and death. And we are reminded of another garden in Scripture. And Jesus visited the Garden of Gethsemane often with his disciples. He went there to pray and to communicate with God. And on his last night with the disciples after the Passover supper, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it became a place of struggle. And he knew all that he was going to experience. And he knew what his mission was. Yet in his own humanity, he cried out, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. If there's any other way, God. He says, yet not my will, but yours be done. 
Not my will, but yours be done. And some of you, you might be going through a time of struggle right now. But you're wrestling around with a decision. You're trying to understand what the right thing is to do or what God wants you to do. And the answer isn't super clear. And we get to places of struggle in our own life. And I know even in leadership, when you've you've set something out and and it feels like it's going to go, and sometimes in the 11th hour, it feels like everything's going to fall apart. Sometimes there are times of struggle in our life where we simply have to say, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. And in that moment of release, God in his own timing can transform and put things back together in ways that amaze us. You see, the resurrection wasn't just about getting back to what once was. It was looking forward to what can be. The resurrection wasn't just about what once was. It's about looking forward to what can be. Because in John's gospel, it reminds us that Jesus is never done working. And suddenly Jesus appears next to Mary in the garden tomb. But she doesn't recognize him in that moment. Jesus looked different. In verse 14, it says, At this she turned around, and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was him. Woman, he said, Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Since the tomb is located in a garden, Mary at first thinks Jesus is the gardener. And John wants us to see that what happened in the Garden of Eden, the loss of paradise, it's being reversed in Jesus' death and resurrection. The story of Adam and Eve in that first garden points us to the pain and chaos and death that comes when we turn from God's way. But in this garden, in this garden, everything is different. In this garden where Jesus is crucified and buried and emerges from the tomb, well, here begins something of beauty and peace and life. And here begins a new story that Jesus came to do a new thing and he appears in a new form. And it's the beginning of a new story. It's the beginning of a new chapter. It's the beginning of something new. Where do you feel stuck today? Where do you need a breakthrough? Where do you need a sign of new life? Where is a new possibility sprouting just out of the ground this morning, perhaps in your own life? And sometimes we get so busy that we miss it. Because we're just preoccupied with this, I wouldn't have been able to see any of those new plants unless I was looking down. And it's sometimes when we're feeling a bit down, that Jesus wants to meet us there and be there and help us to see something new that he might be doing. God has been working and will continue to work in your life, perhaps even though you can't quite see it in this moment. Faith in Christ always points us forward. And we look forward to when the garden will be fully restored again. And at the very end of scripture, it ends with a garden also. And the very last chapter of scripture, Revelation 22, reminds us that there is going to be a new and beautiful place and the city of God will be there and there will be a river that will flow down the street 
And there will be uh, trees for the, for the healing of the nations on both sides. And there will be no more sun because God will be their light. And there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the former things will have passed away and behold, all things will become new. New life. A new hope. And new possibilities for your family. And new life in your relationships. And new life in all the places that you and I need it. Those who follow the crucified and risen Christ, we have the chance to share in the restoration work of the King. And with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. And a grave, that dead end in your life, God can turn it into a garden of possibilities. He can. That's the message and the hope of Easter. For you see, the resurrection is not just getting back to what once was. It's about looking forward to what can be. And Mary, she didn't recognize Jesus because he, was, he looked different. And he was different, but it was a good kind of different. It wasn't bad. And it wasn't until he said her name, Mary. In that moment, she recognized him and she responded back, Rabboni, I know it's you. Even though you look different, even though it's not the same, it is still you. And Jesus, too, calls your name and mine because he knows your story and he knows your heart and he knows your history. And he knows what what you've been through and he knows what you're going through right now and he knows the future possibilities ahead for you too. And Jesus changes and transforms her grief in that moment and opens up a whole new world. And Mary becomes the first evangelist, the first one to go and tell the disciples the the news, I have seen the Lord, and the grave becomes a garden of possibility. And now Mary, she wasn't the only one at the tomb that day. And verse 3 says this, So Peter and the other disciple, they too started for the tomb. And both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Now John is the author of this story. And the detail he includes there, right? He wants to make sure everybody knows that Peter started first, but he was a faster runner. Right? He actually won the race to the tomb. He wants everybody to know exactly how that happened. And so Peter and John, they get to the tomb, and they investigate for themselves, and verse 8 says, John saw and believed. He was the first one to the tomb, the first to believe the empty tomb and the grave clothes were enough evidence for him. Peter and John Well, they believed in the miracle of resurrection because of what they saw at the tomb. And Mary believed in the resurrection because of the relationship, her encounter with Jesus. And not everyone takes the same path to faith in Christ. Some respond to a word and others to evidence and others to a relationship. But nevertheless, this act of believing in Christ is to place your faith and your trust and your hope in someone. Faith is more than just believing a set of beliefs or a creed. Faith is about putting your trust and your hope in him. 
And Jesus, well, he had something brand new in mind for his followers. He wasn't interested in taking them back to what once was. He wasn't ever going to be physically present with them again in the same way. He was taking them into something new, a new era, a new phase filled with all kinds of possibilities. The resurrection isn't just about going back to what once was. It's about looking forward to what can be. And the Holy Spirit was now going to fill each person, and it was going to look different, but he was going to fill each person with new beginnings and new hope. A new life for Peter and John, who went out from that day. And they became messengers of the gospel, and they healed people, and they told the story. And it went from one generation to the next to the next, so that you and I could hear the hope of resurrection. And there was a new beginning for Mary, a life of hope that began a movement of Jesus' followers and the living Christ. So what garden are you living in right now? Where do you perhaps need a breakthrough? You need a sign of new life today. Are you in the garden of Gethsemane? Are you struggling around something, a decision that you have to make, a situation that's going on in your life or your heart or at work? And it feels so hard and it feels like a struggle and you aren't quite sure exactly what you're supposed to do. And Jesus wants to meet you in that garden, in that moment. And perhaps it's about releasing that and simply saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. And that's when his peace and joy can begin to fill your life when you've released it to him. Or do you find yourself in the garden tomb this morning? You need to find some evidence. Or you need to find some closure around something that didn't work out. Or you're staring at a dead end. Or you need to say goodbye to someone or something. I think it's only when we face the grief and pain of what we lost that we can then turn and look to the hope of what we can gain. And Jesus wants to meet you and I there and turn that grave into a garden. It's been a long year with a lot of dead ends. But I believe with all of my heart that God truly has good in store for all of us on the other side of this pandemic with new life and new possibilities and things we haven't even dreamed of yet. Sometimes it's true that life can never be quite the same again. But by the grace of God, it can be better. And that's what the resurrection and the hope of it reminds us, that Jesus takes all the broken stuff of our life and he fashions it together into something beautiful. That is the whole idea of grace, that we don't, rec- we don't deserve God's love, but we receive it freely. And he's called us to be agents of beauty and peace and life in those all around us, especially those who are struggling. Never give up, because hope is alive. And Jesus has the power to turn graves into gardens. He has the power to change our circumstances, and he invites you and I to see those signs of new life. Not just today, but every day. Jesus calls you and I to step out of the grave and into the garden. Let's pray. Maybe as you come here this morning or as you're watching online,
there's a place in your life today where you just feel stuck and you just need a breakthrough and you just pray and you cry out this morning, God, would you break through this situation? Would you help me to see a new, a sign of new life in my family or in the situation at work or in what's going on in my marriage? God, I so desperately need a breakthrough. I need a sign of new life that you're still working and that you are able to build something beautiful out of what's going on right now. Father, I pray that you'd help us on this Easter morning to stop and to see where you're working and to notice the little shoots that are coming up out of the barren ground and to remember that you are still working and that there are signs of life and hope. And Lord, we trust you with all of our hearts that as we follow that path, you will continue to lead us into the new life that you have for us. So Lord, hold us close to you and keep us close to your heart as we make that journey one step at a time. Oh Lord, we truly say thank you this morning. For it's in the powerful name of Christ that we pray. Amen.